John chapter 8. John 8, we are reading from verse 1 to 12. I read. But Jesus went to the mountain of olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple, temple court, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The cheaters of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the acts of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using these questions as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his fingers. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who had again to go away, one at a time, the oldest first, until only Jesus was left with a woman still standing there. 10. Jesus strengthened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, said. She said, Neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now, live your life of sin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follow me will never walk in darkness, but whoever, but will have the light of life. Hallelujah. I am the light. That's what Jesus said. If you follow him, you walk in the light. Amen. We also have a special man of God that God prepared for today. It's our brother. He was and is still a deacon and a pastor. He's a teacher. He's very down to earth. He's a marriage counselor. He's everything. Hallelujah. His name is Dick. Deacon Pastor. Amen. Our Pastor Kingsley Ose. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's appreciate him with a clap offering. And today we are looking at Jesus is the light of the world. I'm grateful to leadership for another opportunity to share the word of God with you. Shall we pray? We want God to speak to us directly. He alone has the words of life. In him we live and move and have our being. He alone can address our needs. He alone can shape us to be what he wants us to be. Father, I want to hear your voice directly coming to us. You have brought us to have fellowship with you, something unimaginable. That such a holy God should have fellowship with people who started as sinners, wicked, your enemies. But here we are. We are called by your name. Having brought us to worship you now, Lord, address us, speak to us, encourage us, warn us, encourage, strengthen us. And Lord, make us fit to always stand before you. 
be glorified even as you speak to us. God say thank you. Because we know you will do it. You love us. You care. And we bless you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We are talking about Jesus as the light of the world. With your permission, can I modify it and make it? Jesus is the true light of the world. Uh, you will see why I have modified it. Light, what is light? Maybe the scientists can define to us what light is. Of course, it's the energy from any source that helps us to see. Maybe from the sun, for example. But you can also see, not only with your eyes, but you can use all the five senses of taste, smell, touch, hearing, and the rest for you to see in quotes or get some information or revelation about something. Much as we have the physical senses to perceive or to see, we also have spiritual senses that should help us to see spiritual things. And interestingly, we can use the physical senses to see spiritual things. In fact, that is what makes us higher than animals. Because animals only depend on their physical senses. But we can use the physical senses and move into the spiritual senses. Unfortunately, though, sorry to say that there are some people who are worse than animals. Please, I'm not the one saying it. So they will be doing a lot of scriptural readings so that we know that it's the Bible that is talking, not me. Let's take Second Peter, for instance. Second Peter 2, from verse 12. It reads, These false teachers are like unthinking animals. The King James says, brute beasts. Creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed. They scoff at things they do not understand. And like animals, they will be destroyed. This is a New Living Translation. Now I want us to take note that there are different types of light. Now, when you're in a room like this, depending on the time of the day, depending on the kind of light that is there, sometimes your dress, that outside does not look so nice. When we come to the light, it looks different. It can look so beautiful. It's because... Your dress is being judged by the light that is in the room. But if you want to judge how your dress looks nice, the best place is to be in the sun. The sun is the final judge. If the sun says your dress is nice, it's nice. When we come to the room, it's a different thing. Even the color can change. So there are different lights. In the same way, when we come to the spiritual environment, we also have different lights. And that is why I modified the title to be Jesus the true light. And I'm not the one saying it. First John 2 and verse 8 tells us that there is a true light. Because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. So true light, I underline it over here. So if there is true light, then obviously there is fake light. True or correct? There's fake light, there's false light. So how then do we identify the false or fake light? Once again, the Bible gives us an idea. First John 2, 9 to 11 says that 
Anyone who claims to be in the light, hmm? he claims to be in the light, so he is light to the world. But his, his brother is still in darkness, in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. So people pose as light, but they are fake. Let me just identify maybe only four areas where we have fake light. The first one I want to identify is all other religious leaders, without apology. Since I'm talking about Jesus, I'm free to say that all other religious leaders are fake. They are not the true light. You know, many people have established religions and they have many followers and they are still counting. But the kind of fruit that will help us know that this is a true light is not there. And you know there are some religions when you offend straight away, you are condemned, sometimes killed right away, no mercy. Mercy is not part of their religion, even though they claim theirs is a religion of peace and their God is a merciful God. So that kind of God who can show love cannot be true. And the leaders must be fake. And those leaders, they are not different from the religious people of Jesus' time. In the story that was read, they insisted that a woman had been caught in adultery. The man was not identified. He was not seen. Only the woman was seen. And the woman deserved to die. And they were going to get her killed. Are you aware that in some parts of the world today, if you're a woman and you are raped, you are in big trouble? If you've been gang raped, you will still be guilty. Your whole family can rise up against and lynch you for bringing them shame. You have been raped, but you are guilty. It is happening. Go to India. It's there. It is true. The raped is the, the accused. God have mercy. And you want to tell me that is a religion I should follow? No way. Then the obvious one, number two. The false prophets and pastors, the deceivers. Half of them, the Bible has made it clear. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, The false prophets, deceivers, masquerading as angels of light. They pre present Christ. No wonder the Bible said that Satan himself does that. So we are in this country. Men and women are gaining grounds, putting themselves up as a hope of the world. They are misbehaving all over the place. And yet they have a large following. You watch TV and you know. Where did all this book come from? And what have they seen, these people? The Aquanchita prophets are killing this nation and the world. And you better rise up. I want to say that their light is a fake light because they are only imitating Satan. The third category of fake light, maybe you may not blame them, but I can also blame them. But I want to say the hero worship. You know, they may not start like that. They may be men, uh, Genuine men and women of God. But usually the people around them make them look like they are great. So far, it's only one person, John the Baptist, who decided to say that, me? No way. I am not even worthy to touch his shoes or his sandals and or be a shishan boy for him. This is the Christ. This is the way. Go to him. 
and not me. In our day, we have given some label to some people. Motivational speakers. Whatever that means, I don't know. They come to tell us what we know already in a different form. And people quote them, circulate their messages on WhatsApp to disturb us when they cannot quote directly from the source. So who is the true light? You are telling what the motivational speaker said. The day that he will twist it, how will I know? Why don't you tell me what Jesus said first? And then add on what somebody may have said. So that they become the light of the world. Thankfully, this morning, Otabo was saying something like that. That in the 70s, when we became Christians, everybody was directed to the source, to the Bible and prayer. Hardly will anybody go to your pastor. But today, modern Christians call the prophet, call the pastor, call the motivational speaker. What a shame. These are secondary sources of light. Let's go to the original. Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to Jesus Christ himself. He is the true light. Hero worship is destroying us. In Calvary, we hate that tradition. And I'm thankful that SP sometimes is not even known. He's always behind. So that nobody will put his confidence in him or Pastor Kings or anybody. Let the Bible speak so that we can say that we get our daily bread from the source himself, Jesus Christ. Amen. The last fake light I will call humanism. I try to check the meaning. It defined as a system of thought that considers that solving human problems with the help of reason is more important than religious beliefs. It emphasizes the fact that the basic nature of human beings is good. In other words, this is what they say. Believe in yourself. There is no need for God. Believe in yourself. Can do it. You see, having confidence in yourself, try to encourage yourself, is different from saying, believe in yourself, I can do it. When Paul said, I can do all things, through Christ. Why have you removed the Christ? Believe in yourself. It's humanism. We want to teach people to put confidence in themselves. Do away with God. We can do it our own way. That is fake light. Anybody who gives you hope, whether a motivational speaker or politician or whoever he, he, he is or she is, trying to let you say that you have everything to do what you want to do is giving you false hope. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. 1 Corinthians 8.1 So because of education, People think that we have solutions to all kinds of things, all the challenges of life. So we don't need God. Go to Europe. The churches are closing down very fast. You can ask Pastor Kingsley, he will tell you. Many churches are being used as mosques in the UK and the rest because they think that they have arrived. This is what they say, Revelation 3.14. I am rich. We are rich. We have acquired wealth. I do not need a thing. In fact, if you go to those places and you give a certain testimony that we can give in Africa, they will laugh at you. What are you talking about? The thing is there. What are you talking about? How, how does prayer come in? Not long ago, on a certain WhatsApp, I had an argument with some people for a long time. Somebody said, we should pray more. One person came in and said, we should stop talking about this in Ghana. We like prayer, prayer, prayer. We should get up and work and do all kinds of things. And I came in. So it became a big argument later. We have to tone down. And he said I was emotional. I said, yes, when it comes to defending the gospel, I'm aggressive. Because I said, you are attacking prayer. Prayer has its place. And we working hard has its place. But why should we try to think that we have solutions that we alone can offer? If it were so, AU, UN, ECOWAS, MPP, NDC, PPP, PPKK, they would have solved our problems for us. 
They will solve our problems for us. All those who think that we can solve our own problems, this is how God sees them. Revelation 3.17. They don't know that, number one, they are wretched, they are pitiful, they are poor, they are blind and naked. What a shame. And we don't see. And the Lord says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and wet clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and serve to put on your eyes so you can see. So if you could solve our problems, we would have solved them by now. If you want to depend on education, human power alone, we are going to fail. First Corinthians 1.25 says that the foolishness of God anyway is wiser than men. So I would say if there's any foolishness with God at all, eh, it is still better than ours. It's wiser than us. And if there's any weakness in God, at least it's stronger than men. So how on earth can we think that we can make it without God? Now let me offer a solution. Jesus is the true light. And let's look at a few things about that kind of light. The first thing I want to identify is that this one said Jesus is the true light. There's no darkness in him at all. And First John 1 says it. In him, there's no darkness at all. So we can't accept Jesus Christ and then think that he is all sufficient in some areas. There's no darkness. So if you want to go all out, go. There's no darkness in him at all. He's not going to lead us astray. So that if somebody came out preaching Christ and I followed him, and then I saw some shady deals. That's why all his titles. Then I must question, what kind of light is this person showing? When you go to a genuine man of God, he will not take your wife from you. He will not take your money from you, invest it somewhere, and then you go broke. Let us be careful which light we are going to. The Christ we are talking about, as a true light, there's no darkness in him at all. There's no kalabole. Uh, there's no azaism in him. He is genuine. When we allow ourselves to be tempted and then want to blame God, we should never blame God because James has said it categorically. He doesn't tempt us and doesn't lead us to temptation. So that's number one. In him, there's no darkness. Then another thing we need to know, unfortunately, this true light we are talking about is not there forever. The opportunity to have that true light can go off. Jesus himself was categorical. In John 12, 35, 36. Let's read it together. You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. The man who walks in the dark does not know where he is going. Put your trust in the light while you have it so that you may become sons of light. Somebody sang a song and said, opportunity comes but once. See, there's always opportunity with Christ. When your grace period is over, it's over. So if the light has come and you don't want to take it, I'm afraid the light will not be there forever. Revelation 2 and verse 5 also confirms it. That if you don't repent, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. This is general. So let's take Calvary. If we think we have arrived, we think we don't need Christ, we think we can misbehave, God has a right to say, clear of this church. You can take it out. After all, some churches have been closed down. Somebody went and bombed, and then that was the end of the church. Much as we are praying against some of these threats around the world, brethren, it is a reality. They won't have the light of Christ always shining. Places there will be darkness. 
So let's walk while there's light today. A day can come when we cannot hold chairs. At least it has happened at Abraka. It was uh, election day. So we didn't meet on Sunday. So anything can happen. There can be some natural disaster. And like SP was saying yesterday, if for two Sundays we don't hold chairs, this church will close down. But is it not a reality that something can prevent people from going to church? If even not all of us, at least some people say, to don't go to church because my area is flooded. And that day you will miss the blessing that God would have given you. So what did you do last week? With the light that you received from Christ, if you didn't make use of it, don't hope that next week when I come to church, I'll be prayed for and I'll get the blessing. No, the light is only for a season. Let's take note of that. Today is the day of salvation. When we hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Hebrews 3 and 2 Corinthians 6. See, the more you delay, the more Satan gains grounds in your life. So if you want to come to the light of Christ, come now. Because there's a darkness of death. There's a darkness of calamity. That comes unannounced. And that could knock you off. And of course... The glorious return of Jesus Christ will end everything. I'm assuming that everybody sitting here knows Christ, but if you are not sure, please, 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 the light will not always be there. We will not keep on preaching Christ to you. For where you are, nobody might even know where you are to come and preach to you. So today, when we hear his voice, don't harden your heart. We can also identify Something about the light of this world, the true light, Christ Jesus. If you come to him idly, you will not see the true light. You see, when we come to church, I mean, the light of Christ shines so everybody can benefit. Now, you can still be in the presence of the light and not see the light because maybe you are using your human mind too much to analyze things. If you do that, you get confused. I'm saying there's a true light, but that light, you may still not see it because you are coming to the light with the wrong attitude. And for many things can even uh, offend you. Look at Hebrews 4, verses 2 and 3. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. So hearing is one thing. But getting the illumination, getting the light enter you is a different thing. We have to top it up with faith. Otherwise, certain things don't make sense. It is faith that makes me believe that or accept that indeed the Red Sea was parted into two and millions of people walk on dry ground. It doesn't make sense. If I bring in my science, it doesn't make sense. Put that science aside. You are not the creator of science. It is faith that makes me believe that my wife is pregnant. I haven't slept with her. And she tells me it's the Holy Spirit. Which spirit? It doesn't make sense. But faith makes me believe her and accept it. Faith tells me my husband has been away for three days out of coverage area. When he came, he said he was inside the belly of a fish for three days. What are you telling me? Are you crazy? It's only faith that will let me believe that is true. That can happen. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. So you see, you come to Christ, but if you are not careful, you will not see the light. We can't assume that we are wiser than our forefathers. When we use humanism, human ideas, human understanding, and try to get scripture, we will make mistakes. Brethren, we are not better off than the previous prophets and apostles. They encountered first, God first, and passed on their experiences to us. So 
If you want to have the apostolic experiences, then we must do the things they did. Do it the Holy Ghost way, for the Holy Spirit will give us the light. There's something that happened between Paul and his friends on his way to Damascus. Acts 22 verse 9. He says that my companions saw the light. Hmm? They saw the light, but they didn't understand the voice of him who was speaking to him. How come? We are all going together. There's a lightning. You will fall down. We saw you fall down. And then, how come they didn't hear what was said? That's what I'm saying that you might be under the light, but you will not see the light until you do something about that. So, you can say the prayer meeting was nice. The church service was great. But maybe you only saw with your eyes. You didn't see Christ through all that was happening. Maybe, maybe physically you were sleeping. Like sometimes I also do, doze during sermon. Yeah. Because of age, we have, we have also reached there. Maybe you are dozing physically or spiritually. So definitely you will see the light. And Christ says, awake, O sleeper. And Christ will give you light. So you can be in the light and not see the light. You can be in the presence of Christ and not see Christ. Now, how does Christ manifest himself as the true light? If you go to the passage, you know how when we come to the true light, you will see. Christ, as a true light, he exposes the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jesus never told those people that you have sinned, did he? Those who came to accuse the woman. He only said, those without sin, you throw the first stone with simple instruction. Is it difficult? Ah! No, so you just take, take the stone, throw it first. And then he don't even look at your face. He bent down writing. I don't know whether he was listing some sins. I don't know. <laughs> and then starting with the oldest. Bad example. You led us there to go and accuse this woman. And now you are abandoning us. So the seniors started going. And the young one said, what are we doing here? Let us follow. Because they stood under the light. The light penetrated and said, no, 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 no. This is on holy ground for us. We can't stand here. We want to go away. So when you come to Christ, he searches your heart. And the truth comes out. And then you yourself will agree with God that I have sinned. I want to suggest to you that when we come to Christ, and you don't see your emptiness, you don't see your sinfulness, then maybe we have not encountered the light. It is impossible to come before this true light and not see something wrong with you. If you want to wait till a preacher tells you that you have sinned, then your personal encounter with the light is questionable. The light of Christ searches deep into our hearts, bringing separation between spirit and soul, bone and marrow, thoughts and intentions of the heart, as Hebrew 4, 12 says it. So you don't need any pastor to tell you that you have sinned. Or what is going on is not right. The light of Christ naturally makes us see that Charlie, I have failed. Or I'm failing. And then we quietly do something about it as the people left. The light brings self-conviction. It brings deep revelations. It reveals deep things to us. It is only in Christ that the veil is removed. Because... Only he has the power to remove. So if you want to know some truth, if you want to know deeper things, 
Please don't do it outside Christ. Christ is the true light. If you put your confidence in any other light, it will not work for you. All of us, we are reflecting God's glory. Fine. But we are not the source of the light. 2 Corinthians 3, 14 to 17. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains. When the old covenant is read, it has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken. So Jesus is the true light. He cannot deceive. He cannot be deceived. Let's come to him. He has the power to help us know what is behind. We believe in the uh, ministry of prophets, but Antichrist reveals to them, they are as ignorant as me. Antichrist reveals. When we come to Christ with humanistic ideas, we will not see. But you see, we come to church and don't play a prof there. Hmm? If you are a prof, you are a prof, like somebody said, I take only in a small area of chemistry. That time, the vice chancellor was a chemist when I said, hey, Reverend Asante, what are you saying? <laughs> so you're only a professor in a very small area of chemistry. I don't think he knew, because he just said it anyhow. So in other words, humble yourself and let Christ reveal something to you. Because if he doesn't come in, there will be always a veil over us. So with PhDs upon PhDs in theology, in ministry and all those things, you can still not have the light. Because it is Christ who reveals the light. This true light of Christ gives life. Look at verse 12. It forgives sins. It pardons. Jesus is not like the gods of the world who are always looking for opportunities to punish. He's the only God who does not deal with us according to our sins. And if you read Psalm 103, it is there, beautiful. This is the kind of God I want to follow. He's a true light. But I want to end with a question. So, if Jesus says Jesus is the true light, why do many people stay away from Christ? Why? Jesus himself has given us the answer. John 3 and 19. It's sad. Unfortunately, it is going to be with us till Christ comes. This is the verdict. The light has come into the world. Full stop. It has come already. So don't wait for it. When you pray, pray for the Jews. The light has come and they are still waiting for another light. They are putting their confidence in the religion that they knew of old. So the veil is still there. When would that veil be removed? When would Jews turn to Christ? Those who have come to Christ are too few. The light has come already. But men loved darkness instead of light. Why? Because they are this where and are and will be evil. Case closed. That is all. I hate Christ. I don't want to hear about your Christ because when I come to him, when even I didn't speak, he told me that I have sinned, so I have to drop my stone and go away. So why should I come to Christ? For my sins to be done. I won't come to church for a prophet to come and say, there's a brother there. Yesterday he went here. So I won't come to church at all. Be careful. If that's how you want to enjoy your life, if you are not coming to church, you have been seen already. Because the light of Christ goes beyond. Everyone who does evil hates the light. And that is a fact. Those of you who play church, I don't want to suggest that maybe you have something to hide. 
If you don't have something to hide, please don't find any excuse to stay away from church. Come and let's worship together. If you love the light, come to Christ. If you are, these are not evil, come to the light. But those who have something to hide, they will not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes to the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. We are all struggling through faith and by grace to make it. You alone, why? You alone, why? Come, don't judge yourself. So if this is a situation, the light has come, but people don't want to come there, I'll throw some questions to you. What is our response? Are we not going to walk in the light that Christ has given us? He has said, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What is our response? Are we not going to come to this light, but we prefer the other light? Are we going to miss this opportunity? When we do that, we plunge ourselves into darkness. Here on earth, and then the final one, in hell, eternal fire, where there will be weeping, and the friends say, gnashing of teeth. The place burned with fire, uh, gnashing of teeth. Is that where you want to go? Are we going to restrict the light of Christ in our lives because of earthly pleasure? Oh no, please, it won't last. Are we going to put Jesus on the shelf when we are busy chasing what will not follow us into the grave? Are we not going to project Christ who is the only hope for the world? Are we going to sit down for darkness to swallow the earth? Are we ready for the consequences? If we remove Christ from the scene, as we are blamed in this country, so many churches, more churches than factories, and so what? Go and build your factory. Let somebody also build his church. Ah! If you like, let the church stop working. And let's see what will happen. The darkness that will come over the world. Are we not aware our children are being brainwashed? And they are being introduced to accept the norm. LGBT system is being pushed into them right from tender age. Remove Christ from the scene. And Satan takes over. And is that what we want? Then we come for deliverance. That my child has become a homosexual, <clears throat> he become a, a lesbian, he wants to change his gender. Then he wants to come and do deliverance. Let the light of Christ be thrown over the world. If we remove the light, we are in for big trouble. When the light goes off, the Antichrist takes over. And we shall taste hell here first, before the final hell. For those of you who maybe think that life has not been fair in some way, please, I want to suggest to you that please stay. Stay under that light. If you go outside of Christ, it's worse. It's more terrible. Because if even in Christ, that's how you are suffering. What will happen if you step out of the light and go to darkness? You are sitting in this room, mosquitoes are biting you. Go and sit outside in the night and let's see what everything is better. So let's stay here where there's light, when there's air condition, let mosquitoes bite us, than to go and sit outside. It's not only mosquitoes that will bite us, scorpions will also bite us. Snakes will also bite us. So we have the light of Christ for, with us. Let us dwell there. We can complain there. Yes, the light went off for a short while, but it came back. 
So we can also keep complaining why in Christ and tell Christ, Lord, what are you waiting for? Make all the complaints before Christ than to go and complain somewhere where it is not light. And finally, let's learn to go to the light ourselves, the source, to make our complaint. If you came to me because you think the anointing is upon me and I'm a prophet, when the anointing is not there, I will tell stories that will make you excited so that you don't worry me. If you are not careful, I will take away your money. After all, you believe in science. So you pay free consultation. But if you went to Christ and you cried and you cried and you cried, if even he didn't answer you, by the time you leave his presence, he would have washed you. You can't dwell under the presence of God and not change. I've, been, I've given this example somewhere. It's not the best example, but those of you who have gone to public toilet before, if you dare stay there long, you will see what will happen to you. By the time you come out, you, you smell at dress and see. It's a negative example, but that's the truth. Turn it positively. You can't come to the presence of Christ and not radiate his glory. His light will shine upon you. So I'll choose to stay where Christ is with all my complaints and my worries than to stay outside the light. It will not help me. May Christ himself give us the light so we can navigate this life. We don't have to dash outside. We don't have to go and dash our feet against the stone. Christ himself will keep us standing to the end. In Christ alone, we stand. Think of what Christ has done for us. He's our true light. And let's acknowledge that we have not made full use of him. We have wallowed in ignorance for too long. I want to surrender to his lordship. So Lord Jesus, we have come. Throw light into our lives. We will search light. Help us to see the true color of whatever is there. What we have labeled as good might be poor before your eyes. Lord, let us see. We could even be color blind. What is dirty, we say is pure, is white. As individuals, as families, as a church, let the light of Christ shine that we may see our true state of affairs. Let's extend it to cover the nation and the nations of the world. Are we incurring the wrath of God because we are not doing what is right? Have we brought frustration on ourselves because we are not walking in the true light? Have we been deceived by some fake light that has given us false hope? It's only in Christ that the veil can be removed. When we say, Lord Jesus, take away the veil so we can see what you are seeing in our lives. Father, in your presence we stand. At the beginning, we ask you to speak to us. You have shown us who you are through Christ. Lord, we don't need to argue with you. We are guilty. We have sinned. We don't measure to your standard. We are ignorant. We are wayward. We have deceived ourselves with many things. But there's one thing we know about you. When we come, you don't condemn us. You accept us. You wash us. You strengthen us. That's why you have made us your children. So we have come and say, Lord Jesus, take away the blindness from our eyes and help us to see your true light. Who are we before you, Lord? Help us to know. 
So that as we repent and confess, you also forgive us and give us a second chance to move to the next level. As a church, Lord, where have we failed you? Help us to know and move us to the next stage. We are asking that, Lord, we will not walk in ignorance again. But in every situation, big or small, the true light of Christ will shine in our lives so that we will not be deceived. We will know the truth that will set us free. Lord Jesus, may our worship not be lip service, but genuine from our hearts that you are the one we are looking for and that you will be sufficient for us. We live in a crooked world. All kinds of ideas are floating around. Help us to stay with your truth. Your word is truth. The truth will give us life. Keep us, Lord, in you. And finally, we pray that, Lord, those who have not seen the light yet, but who think they are walking in the light, you reveal yourself to them. Many are very religious, but they don't have Christ. We pray that here and elsewhere, the Lord cause them to come to you. Those in our families who play religion, we have been praying for their salvation. Lord, bring the conviction upon them. In this nation, particularly our leaders, if we should invite them to our midst, they will come and talk like they are pastors and prophets. They know scripture, but they are empty. Lord, reveal yourself to them so that where they are, they will shine forth the light of Christ. And for those of our brethren who have entered into leadership and they have put the light of Christ on the shelf and the Christianity in them cannot be seen, Lord, help them to come back to yourself and to know that you send them there as light for the world and not to go and get themselves corrupted. Oh, Lord, we ask for help. We ask for grace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Just affirm with the hymn writer that you reign, you reign wherever the sun rises and sets, you reign. Because you are the immortal, the invisible, the only wise God. What a joy it is to be invited into your presence, to be taught by you, to be guided by you, to be fed by you, to be equipped and empowered by you. Lord, as we go from here but not your presence, bless the work of our hands. Father, comfort our hearts. Many of us have questions about this world and its challenges, the economic hardship, the political turmoil, the bereavements, the crisis, the fear, and all. But we know you see everything. You know everything. And your word is with us that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Therefore, cause us to dwell in your light to experience your grace and your favor. Father, we pray not only for ourselves, but every church where people are worshiping you today. May they come into close relationship with you. We pray for our leaders that they may they lead in the light of your word and of your revelation. We pray that this world will experience you as we wait for your coming. And therefore now, beloved, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift the light of his countenance upon you, both now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy would follow you. All the days of your life, dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless.